Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Welcome. Stand with me, if you would, please. Welcome all of you watching online. It's going to be a great day. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we're so glad that you're here today, and those of you watching online from the lake, I mean somewhere, we welcome you as well. Uh, it's always good. Technology's wonderful when it works, and it works when we use it as just an add-on instead of a primary, so there are times we're out of town, people are busy and all that, I get it, and so we're thankful that you're watching, but we also know it's great to be plugged into a church. So if you're watching from the metro, we invite you to Mosaic Church here at Oklahoma City. If you're from another state, nation, anywhere around the world, get involved in a church, it'll change your life. Um, today's series, I'm starting for the, throughout the month, probably a, a whole month of July, depending on uh, the information I gather in the next few weeks, but... It's entitled, Before You Choose. Uh, most of life, if not all of life, but I don't want to go that far, but most of life is the result of the choices that each of us have made. Now, obviously, there are people in our lives, and there have been people in our lives that influence those choices. Um, oftentimes, we find ourselves... Uh, moving with, you know, some information or opinions or advice. Some of it's good, some of it's not. But at the end of all of that, we are responsible to make the choices that we make. You can blame your mom and dad for where you are today if you want, and they might have influenced you to be who you are or the way you are, but you have chosen to stay that way. You have chosen to be that person. And uh, I want you to be free from that today if if that's you uh, you know I grew up in a I have wonderful mom and dad but they in no way thought the way I think now they were Christian people but they had this very limited mindset of what they could do in life and and they lived their life and they lived it happily I would not be happy living life that way so I have chosen and chose to do life a little differently I didn't say it was better or worse just different and you may have big dreams in you, but you lived in a little mindset or a house that had a small mindset, and you got a big dream. It's very hard for a big dream to flourish around small minds and small thinking. And so you can say, well, you know, if I would have had a head start, if my parents would have been different, if things would have been better in my community, then I'd be better, and things would be better, and, and everything in life would be better. But the reality is, you are where you are, most of us, by the choices we've made. And it's very important that before you choose, as you look ahead, that you take the time necessary to follow God's Spirit and choose wisely. Uh, oftentimes, we make decisions when we're not in a position to make those decisions. 
So there are several things before you choose I want you to look at. Number one, ask yourself the question, am I in pain right now? And some of you may be physically in pain, but emotionally, mentally, are you in pain? Even physically will cause you to make decisions you wouldn't make if you weren't experiencing pain. And here's the reason I say this. If you're in pain, you're probably going to make a decision based on that pain, not on information, not on wisdom, not on knowledge. But I've just got to do something because I'm in such pain right now. And, uh, you know, there's a, a new thing. When I was a kid, this wasn't known, or maybe they did it. But nowadays, uh, young people who are in pain often cut themselves, and, and they cut, and they have razor blade marks or whatever. Their pain causes them to produce more pain. And so that's what happens in life is, is that we experience pain, and we often say, well, I deserve it, or I want to take pain to another level. Now my emotional pain is going to create physical pain. So before you ever choose, ask yourself the question, am I experiencing pain right now? Because you will make a decision or a choice based on the platform that you're on. Number two, am I angry? Uh, if you're angry, typically what you want to do is get somebody back. And so you'll make a choice, and after you get them back, then you'll choose to be happy because they're experiencing what you're experiencing. That is not a healthy way to choose in life. So many times, and it's been my experience, that when you're going through something and people are emotional, they forget the manual that we're to read when we're making choices. There have been people I didn't want to forgive. There are still people I don't want to forgive. I'm just keeping it real. But you know what? I don't have a choice. God, my life has been bought with a price. I belong to Jesus, and he said, forgive. Matter of fact, I don't even like the fact that he said, bless those who persecute you. I wish he would have said, tolerate those who persecute you. But he didn't. He said, I want you to bless those who persecute you. Now, when's the last time you went up to somebody who was a jerk to you and went, just bless you? You don't want to do that. That's not what you feel. That's not the emotion that you, you experience when you see their face. You, you, I mean, isn't it strange that you can see someone that you don't like or haven't liked or someone who's hurt you, and their very face creates an emotion that doesn't line up with God's word? Next time you see that person, just go up and hug them. No, it'll, they'll freak out, and you will too. But at least you will overcome the emotion that you have to want them to experience pain or you want to hurt them. It's very important because uh, a lot of people today, Pastor Jesse is in the prisons the first of every month. and He's there all the time during the week. But he has a big service the first Sunday of each month. So he came up to me this morning and he said, you know, you know I'm leaving after the 930 service and I'm going to the prison to have church. And it got me thinking and I was thinking about it when he told me that. I thought, you know. He will minister to many people who made a choice before they thought, and now they're in prison for life. They're not bad people. They just made a really bad choice. We have to understand that choosing is a very, very powerful, powerful to tool, or it will be a weapon against us. Jacob, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, and uh, verse 15, it says, look at what I've done for you today. I placed in front of you life and good, 
death, and evil. God says, I've set these things in front of you. And he's obviously speaking thousands of years ago to Israel, a body of people that, you know, and and here we are today, and it's the same. I have set before you, or I have done today, I've placed in front of you life and good, death and evil, and I command you today, love God, your God, walk in his ways, keep his commandments, regulations, and rules so that you will live really live, live exuberantly, blessed by God, your God, in the land you are about to enter and possess. So God is giving instructions here on how to enter into his promise. And that what we don't realize in today's world is that we live in a very self-centered world. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. If it doesn't benefit you, don't do it. These are very selfish thoughts because sometimes God wants you to do something that will not even close to benefit you, but will bless somebody else. You say, well, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah, it does because in that moment, you're blessing someone, and as you sow into their life, God will bring harvest into yours. Now, it may not be in that moment. Sometimes we sow into things or people that we don't even like. I mean, I love it when God does that to somebody else, not me. I love watching somebody go, I don't like them, but God told me to bless them. Good, go, go, go. Then God comes to me and says, do the same thing. I go, no, no. And he says, but I warn you. Now listen, when God says, I warn you, be warned. Not forewarned, just be warned. If you have a change of heart, refuse to listen obediently and willfully go off to serve and worship other gods, you will most certainly die. Well, see, we think about other gods as being like something on Indiana Jones or some old relic, but the reality is that other gods might be a fishing boat. I'm going to meddle a while before I pastor. I'm going to golf every Sunday. You say, well, that's not a god. If you are not putting God first, that becomes a God. Got it? Now, I'm not mad at you, and I'm not judging you. I'm simply saying you will not get on the sixth hole what you will get in the sixth minute of my sermon. In fact, chasing a little white ball around will test everything in your being. We keep doing it, and nobody's ever going to break a 60, maybe a 59. I don't know. Some of you don't even know what that means because you're not golfers. But it's, it's amazing that we keep just trying to do better and better. And there's nothing wrong with it until it becomes a god. And that's some of the gods that we have. And, and we have to be careful because God will test us with the other gods that we put in front of us. He said, you won't last long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your children will live. Choose life. Now, let me just get over here into church for a moment. There are churches today that are very liberal in their thinking, and and I love everybody, but when it comes to heaven, when it comes to God, when it comes to Jesus, there is one way to heaven. Now, narrow-minded people who call you haters say, well, you know, you're a hater because you're not giving me many options. I just read the book, and Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. 
I, I, I mean, I would love it if there were like a lot of different ways to go to heaven. That'd be so cool because we could just do our thing, do it our way. But the reality is that that's not how it's set up. And the reason it's not because God wants us to learn to live a life that is sacrificial, that is submitted, that loves and that cares, but is surrendered to him. And, and that we can't just do our own thing because the consequences of our own thing are usually not good. And so, as I said earlier, Jesse goes into these prisons. These people make one bad choice, and they're there for life. So there are choices that you make that seem rather temporal. If you get a speeding ticket, at least back in the day, I experienced some of those. And you'd get a ticket, and it would be on your record for three years. If you got too many, they would suspend your license. And those are consequences. You go, yeah, I could live with that. I don't want to have them suspended, but that's short-lived. After three years, it's off your record. But there are other choices that we make that have a more lasting effect. Ask yourself this question before you make a choice. Am I tired? (laughs) Somebody said yes. Don't make any choices today. Many years ago, I made a decision that, and I haven't been perfect at this, but when it came to ministry and, and work, because ministry is seven days a week, people don't just die Monday through Friday. It'd be great if you did, and I'm going to ask any of you that do, please make it Monday through Friday, not on a weekend. But it's, it's a 24-hour day job, seven days a week. It, it's not like we have eight to five and we can shut things down. Things happen. People go to the hospital. People die. People are in crisis. We have to, we, we got all this going on. So what I decided to do was I put a demand on myself to make boundaries, to create boundaries. And, and I know this is really kind of a, a joke, but just go with me for a moment because it changed my life forever. When I was first in ministry back in the early 30s, uh, not bad for 90. Anyway, so back in when I first got into ministry, uh, there was a pastor by the name of E.B. Hill. He was an African-American pastor who I just loved with everything. Me, I loved to hear him preach. He had such passion and wisdom, and but he talked really, it was a really cool way he talked. And I was at a conference, and I was brand new in ministry. I think it was, I think it was 85 or something like that, right around there. And he, he says, he's talking to a bunch of us younger pastors, and he goes, I tell my people, and he had a pretty good-sized belly on him, don't call me at 11 o'clock at night if somebody in your family dies. Call me in the morning because they'll be just as dead in the morning as they are tonight. I thought, makes sense to me. And I realized then what he was saying is, you have to choose and not let others choose for you. You'll be dragged dead in ministry if you run to every crisis in the moment it's a crisis to somebody else. There will always be people in crisis around you. There will always be people in need around you. And I'm not suggesting that you make the choice without God. In fact, make the choice with God. Because there have been times when somebody very close to me in the church called at 2 in the morning. And they had had an aneurysm. And I ended up at the hospital at 3 a.m. in the morning. These are, I, I'm, I'm not, I, it's not one size fits all. Uh, I always pray and ask God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? 
Because before I choose, I want to get some wisdom and knowledge from God. And it's not, you know, it's not about choosing someone I like more or less. It's about knowing what to do and how to do it, and, and God will help you with that. But you have to have these boundaries in your life. We choose oftentimes because we feel pressured. How many of you have ever gone somewhere and you just want to look at a car? There's not a car salesman that wants you to look at a car. They want you to buy a car. And you know what? The deal that they're going to offer you only lasts until 5 o'clock today. <laughs> not tomorrow. It ain't going to be next week. You've got to make this deal right now. And so they're pushing you to choose, and this could be a big choice. I mean, it could be big money, and you choose under pressure. So before you choose, you have the capacity and ability to get the mind of Christ. Ask God what he wants, not what you want or your spouse wants, but God, what do you want? And when they ever do that to me, I go, this ain't God at all. You kind of going to squeeze me into making a decision right now? I'm not making it. Bye-bye. Because, I mean, this is the way it works. So in life, you have to be very careful before you choose to know what you're choosing. And it's not just about you. Are you feeling vindictive? Are you, you know, where are you in that moment emotionally? Are you capable of making that decision? Because some of y'all are afraid to say no or I'll get back to you. And you need to learn no. Well, but, but they need me. No, they need Jesus and two men in a truck. Because you ever ask me to help you move, the answer is no. And I ain't even going to be nice about it, so don't even ask. Hey, we're moving. Good for you. I'll do one of two things. I'll throw you a hundy or I'll pray for you. Maybe both, but I ain't moving nobody no mo. I mean, and, and the last thing you need, if you own a truck, don't tell anybody. Because you are a candidate to be a mover. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, one of the, the beginning of choices, it starts right here in Genesis. It all began right here. And we can see what happens when a wrong choice is made. Adam lay with his wife Eve. She became pregnant, gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth uh, to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. As we know, Cain's anger led him to kill his brother Abel. After he chose, rather than to do what God was requesting which is to bring his best and first from the earth. It wasn't that God liked Abel more. It was that Cain refused to put God first and chose rather than just to, just to throw God some kind of offering. Abel chose to bring the very firstborn from his flock and sacrifice it to God. We all make choices. 
And, and as a pastor, I, I always tell people, I say, because, man, I mean, there are times that all of us get frustrated, we get angry, our flesh takes over for a moment, we get mad at somebody, but we need to be quick to forgive, to choose God's way instead of our emotional moment, instead of looking to the Bible, we look to our own feelings, and then we find people that will agree with us. You don't call people who are going to correct you when you're mad. You call another person that's going to be just as foolish as you are. Who can I call that's going to get in my corner? You ain't calling me. You call me. I say, get it right and forgive. That's not what you want to hear. You want to hear, you're so right. They wronged you. Let's just join hands right now and pray that God just bring heavy on them. God, just curse them for a minute, just a minute, because I'm feeling so upset right now. You know they did me wrong, Jesus. You try to manipulate Jesus. Who are you? People always trying to pray and manipulate Jesus with their prayers. They don't admit it that way. God, you know what they did to me, and I know how much you love me. Vengeance is yours. That's what you told me. Go get them. Stick them. Stick them. What a corrupt prayer. God, sick them. I don't want you to kill them. I just want you to, and then, then when you do get them, God, remind them, put my face in their face. So they'll know the reason that vengeance is coming because of me. And you make them come and apologize to me, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs> They're never going to apologize to you. With that attitude, God's going, no, ain't going to let it happen. Not going to happen. So then it goes on to say, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why are you your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. He's telling Cain, you have the power to choose to not let this happen. But you must choose the right way. You must choose obedience. Now, I'm going to meddle just a moment, so let me move myself right over here. Camera's right on me. Because here's the reality. I've been doing this for a really long time, and I plan to do it even longer. I plan to be here when y'all are still mad. You're right. That was the 930 people that were mad. You're my happy crowd. But people have come to me all the time and say, you know, pastor, pray for my health. As they're holding a bucket of KFC and hitting another stogie. I'm like, pray for your health? You need to get your hand out of the bucket. I'll pray for you. But let me tell you, you'll be showing up the gate in about 10 minutes with KFC in your hand. And Jesus said, there you go. So I want to pray, and I really do. And I'm not mad, and I'm not being, I mean, if you, want to, if, if you want to die of high cholesterol, that's between you and Jesus. <laughs> and I will pray for you. God, please, may they detest the taste of KFC. People come and say, Pastor, I just... I just don't know what's wrong. I've never had a job. I can't get a job I like. I, I need money. Pray for me that I'd have money. I said, well, you ever give anything to God? 
I told you I was going to meddle. I'm getting in your business right now. Go ahead and get mad at me. I'm using this right now to help you grow. Because all I'm doing is telling you the truth. If you want heaven opened over your family and you want finances, you better do the right thing with the finances you have in order to get the finances he has for you. Jeez, don't get too excited. No, I'm just telling you, everybody's crying. We're in a recession. The world's going to hell in the handbag to pass the price of gas. I'm looking and going, you think God is shocked, surprised, and scared right now? God is not the least bit frightened. What he's going to say to us is, if you'll trust me and believe me, I have all the wealth you could ever want. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. You don't have to worry. I've got it all under control, but you've got to do the right thing. People praying for God's blessing that won't even be a blessing to God. Mm. Mm. That had some mustard on it. I like it when old Shambach, old boy, came up to him and said, I need a job, Brother Shambach. And, of course, Brother Shambach was like Evie Hill. They came from boot leather, baby. And he said, well, you want me to pray for you a job? God, give my brother here a job in the heat, in the sun, working 12-hour days. The young man looked at him and said, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm praying for. He said, well, tell me what you want then. What are you willing to do? In Malachi 3, it says, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse. Now, it's the partial. I would, it wouldn't have been enough, God said, bring the tithe in. Bring the tenth. He said, no, bring the whole tenth. And he said, then I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll pour out a blessing. You won't have room enough to contain it all. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So if you want me to pray for your financial well-being, you better be obeying God. I'm not feeling real pastoral right now. I'm kind of evangelist prophet. Because the reality is everybody wants God to bless them without obeying the God of blessing. If you want God to bless you, he says, obey me. I may need some help up here in a minute. Y'all looking like Nazarene. That's not a bad thing. That's just what you look like. Let me just tell you. God wants to bless his people, but we have to choose the right thing for the blessing to come. The blessing doesn't just float our way. God's not like in the lotto. He'll pull your number out of a basket or something, ever how that works. You gotta, I need to get a scratch card in here. <laughs> scratch and sniff or whatever. God bless them. No, here's the deal. I am here to say, set before you obedience and disobedience. Here's what you get when you obey. Here's what you get when you disobey. And in times like these, people say, well, I can't afford to. I have a great testimony. My kids all grew up having to put up with this, okay? I drove Jesus home to them. It wasn't eeny, meeny, miny, moe, which crow gonna go. It was like, this is... We all gonna learn this and we're gonna obey this. Well, you know, your kids grow up, they get married, they have kids, they got things they want, everybody got we want to have a house like yours. Yeah, do this for about 40 years and you can have one. 
Kids nowadays want what you've had in 40 years. They want it in like four months. Well, you know, we can, it's, you know, same as cash. Yeah, in 12 months, they're going to cash, going to kick you somewhere. So I get this from my daughter the other day, and she's, it's really funny because she was my most troubled child. And she would tell you this. I mean, I'm going to tell you, my daughter, and I don't think she'd get mad at me, she was so bad. Let me tell you, there wasn't a guy that wanted to take her on. She carried brass knuckles in her purse. I am not kidding. This girl was bad, bad, bad to the bone. And I, I was just like, Jesus, what am I going to do? Jesus said, just keep loving her. I just loved the hell out of her. I'm telling you right now, the brass knuckle's gone, and, and all the hell's gone. And, and so she's, uh, last year sometime, somebody said, you know, I think Sue was telling me, you know, we got this tithe or this offering from your daughter who lives in Miami. I didn't, I mean, and we're very close. We're very close. She's loving Jesus today and all that. But they, they, you know, she's married. She's got two kids. They live in Miami. And I, I know that, like, Miami, when Jesus comes back, it is like the last place where he's going to visit. <laughs> there might be some people go to heaven from there, but I'm going to tell you something. It, it's going to be a rough, turbulent flight out of Miami. It ain't the place where Jesus is everywhere. It, like Jesus is, but Jesus ain't everywhere. Don't get mad at me. And so they, they, they've gone through a real rough patch, I mean, financially. And they, they've gone through, and she'd call me, and she'd be in tears, Dad, you know. And I, how many of you know, as a parent, you want to be Jesus? You know what I'm saying? I got this. You know what I'm saying? I'll help you out. And I just knew that, that she started giving last year, and I thought, I can't be Jesus. I'm not her Jesus. Jesus is her Jesus. And, and so I just said, she said, would you pray? I said, I pray for you. I pray for you because I knew she started tithing, started giving. Well, as she started doing this, she, she called me the other day. And she said, Dad, I was coming home from work. She's a hairstylist, works in a hair salon and all that. She's very gifted, very, very talented. And, and she said, I was driving home, and I saw this lady standing on the corner, and I felt God saying, uh, my daughter said, well, I spend all of my tip money on groceries. That's our budget. My, whatever we get in tips is for grocery money. So she said, I had like $150, and I'm driving by, and God said, give her the money. And she said, I passed her, and about a mile down the road, I couldn't take it anymore. I turned around and went back. And she said, I gave her our food money, okay? Not in addition to tithing to Mosaic, where she doesn't even attend. She lives in Miami, but I am her pastor and her daddy, it doesn't get much better than that, baby. So she says, uh, and usually, you know, your kid's calling. I mean, every, you, do any of you have that kid that calls and you go, mm, I don't really want to answer? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not that you don't love them. It's just, you know, they probably got a mountain bigger than you've ever climbed. I can't help you scale this one, but I'll pray about it, okay? So when she calls every now and then, I go, because she's real honest. You know, she's just really one of those kids. She's very honest, and, and she loves Jesus, but she's going through some tough times. She says, praise report time. I went, hallelujah. <laughs> I wanted to get my church on right there. We just got an email from ORU. He's, her, my son-in-law is finishing his schooling there. Um, account services for Josue's schooling. And they said we'll be getting a refund from Josue's Pell Grant in the amount of $1,600. She dropped 150 on a lady at the corner, and God says, here's 1600 from somewhere you didn't even know to look. And I said, honey, this is when Daddy takes advantage. I said, honey, when you obey Jesus, you cannot outgive our God. 
in a time when gas prices are five plus a gallon and she's going by this lady in disobedience, turns around a mile later, gets her obedience on. <laughs> Goes back, drops 150 plus giving to Mosaic and here out of nowhere. She had no idea. They had no idea. They had no expectation of anything coming in. All they said was we're going to be obedient to God. We're going to choose. Choose. Man, there are times you just don't feel like it. But if you live your life by how you feel and your emotions, you will most of your life walk in disobedience to God because God wants us to trust him. I love God. I've always loved God. But I'll be real honest with you. Trusting God has been an exercise for me. No, I love Jesus with everything in me, but I just got to be honest with you. There have been times God says, do this, and I go, and he says, trust me. Trust me. Folks, we're living in a day where you're going to have to make some tough calls. You're going to have to make some tough decisions. We all are. But that's okay. We serve a tough God. And so when, when you, when I, and some of you will do this and, and, and you'll look crazy. And, but it's okay because you're already a little crazy or you wouldn't do what I'm about to tell you. When you pull up to the pump, just put your hand on it and say, God is bigger than you, sucker. Now, if there's somebody on the other side, just pray they don't think you're talking about them. Because those pumps, you know, there's somebody over here. They might come around saying, you think that? No, I was talking about Jesus. I was talking to the pump, not to you. God's got more than what it's going to cost you to fill up. Uh, And trust me, I don't like saying this because everything in me wants to punch the pump. Okay, my flesh wants to go, yeah, right. We got more oil and gas than we know what to do with. And somebody, somewhere, is withholding. But when you get mad, you make dumb choices. So when you start feeling yourself getting angry, talk to yourself and go no I'm going to choose right now to do nothing because if I do something it may be the wrong something because sometimes people will push you things will push you you'll feel emotional you'll feel angry you'll get angry you'll feel pain and you'll make a wrong choice so what I've chosen to do most of the time in my life is when I feel pressure I back off I back away and I go, God, I'm going to put this in your hands. Because, you know, when you get ready to buy a, a home or a car or something, it won't be here next week. That's how they, it won't be here next week. This will be gone. Well, if it's not there next week, it probably wasn't God. Yeah, there you go. Before you choose, Think. Let me close with this thought. Most churches do not understand the changing mindset of the American people. An increasing number of adults in the United States are picking and choosing the concepts and values that appeal to them from a variety of religions. Approximately, get this, two out of three Americans from 63 to 66%, according to a Barna survey, believe the following. This is frightening. Two-thirds of people... In the church world, believe there's no such thing as absolute truth. That's very dangerous. 
because I can promise you Jesus is absolute truth. It's absolutely true that if you call on his name, you'll be saved. Those are absolutes. But we have so given up ground for fear of being called haters. You know what? If you tell someone Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, there's no way the Father except by him, that is not hate speech. That's what you call love. You're telling someone this is how you get to heaven. This is how to live a life full of blessing and abundance is by obeying him. And none of us want to obey him all the time. We have our own ideas and ideals and ways of doing things, and it takes sacrifice and surrender to be able to face the adversity you're facing and, and, and stand strong in it. Secondly, all religions pray to the same God. They're just different names. This is what 63 to 66% of people believe in the church. Choose wisely. There is one way to heaven. And just because you believe that doesn't mean you're mean or hating on somebody who doesn't. But what kind of friend are you if you encourage someone to disobey the Lord? What kind of friend are you if you tell someone that's mad at somebody else, you have a right to be mad at them instead of looking and saying, all this is going to do is hurt you and not them. This becomes toxic to you, not them. Your hatred towards somebody is toxic to you. So if you look and they say, but he did me wrong or she did me wrong, say, I understand that. But two wrongs in this case don't make a right, and you hating them is not going to help you or them. Thank you, William. I got somebody in my corner. William strategically sits in the back, so all of you got to hear both of us. I love you, brother. And about 63% of the people love you too. Probably more than what I'd get right now anyway. So the purpose of life, this is a third thing they believe. The purpose of life is to enjoy oneself and to reach personal fulfillment. What about other people's fulfillment? My call in life is to help other people be fulfilled, not just me be fulfilled. My call in life is to encourage others, to believe in others, to talk up to others, to lift others up. That's my call. It's not just about me, because but in our world, it's all about us. What's in it for me? That's the first question somebody's going to ask. What's in it for me? I'd love to tell you there are things God asked me to do. There's nothing in it for me except my act of obedience that releases him to bring blessing whenever he wants to. Not when I want him to. God doesn't work on my time schedule. I wish he did, but he doesn't. There are times he says, wait. Wait, wait. I'm still waiting on some things right now, and I don't understand it. God is about eight years behind. He's not mad at me right now. He gave me permission to use that. No, I'm serious. There have been things I've gone, I, I can't believe this hasn't happened yet. I can't believe it. And, and God says, keep on believing me. Don't believe it. Believe me. I got this. And whatever you're supposed to have, you'll have it. If you don't have it, it's because you don't need it right now. So choose carefully to wait upon the Lord. Don't get in a rush. Don't get in a hurry. This is not about personal fulfillment. This is about fulfilling your relationship with God. You can be at peace if it's just you and God. 
you can be at peace. I found I can be at peace if it's just me and Jesus. So I choose him every day. Now, there are days that he gets backed up and gets in the line. He needs to always be first, which I'll start on next week. Before you choose, choose how to make God first every day in your life. When you wake up, open your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank you, Jesus, acknowledging his authority, his deity in your life. Before you choose, make sure you have all the information you need. Make sure you're in the right frame of mind. Make sure that your emotions are not driving that choice. Now, sometimes in Oklahoma City traffic, you don't have much time to think that way. So be quick to repent. When I'm driving, I repent more than I make right choices. <laughs> Jesus, forgive me. I want to be in a monster truck right now, and I want them in a fiat. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you had the money to drive an RV around all day <laughs> with a diesel horn on it? Anyway, that was just a moment. That's not in my notes. So... This is going to be an awesome series. And so before you choose next week to sleep in and not come to church, think about what you're going to miss. Before you choose to put something in front of God, think about the benefit of what you're putting in front of God versus what God could do for you. These are very critical thoughts, folks. As much as I like to laugh, I'm telling you, this series... I, I pray every month, and sometimes God doesn't give me a, a series at, way ahead of time, and this one he didn't. I'm Friday, I'm just over praying and thinking, God, what do you want? What do you want to say? Because I want to be fresh. What do you want to say? And this series pops into my head, and I just begin, and it, it really gets frustrating because I can't type fast enough to keep up with God. And I think he's laughing at the right hand. Uh, God's up there looking at Jesus going, watch this. I'm going to download so fast. <laughs> Seriously, before we choose on our own, ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you do. And I can promise you that God is going to have the last word in this world. And I believe he's almost to the conclusion of that speech. And that you don't have to worry. Before you choose to get fearful, remember he's God. Before you choose to get angry, remember it does not achieve the righteousness of God. Find your way to peace, even if everything around you is in turmoil. Find joy, find love, find peace, find grace. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your incredible goodness and patience. And Lord, we just thank you today that you chose us. You looked and chose us. Before we ever chose you or would ever choose you, you chose us. And Lord, you thought long and hard and you realized the value of your creation and you sent your only son to give his life so that we could have life. Thank you for that choice. And today, Lord, I pray for those who are struggling that today they would choose you. And that you would show them how you carry us through our difficulties and our challenges. Even though we don't deserve it, that's what grace is all about. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask everyone in the house and watching from your house online to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, Father God, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son 
to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today I am born again, I am forgiven, and I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or to recommit your life, I want you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310 and put your name in there. We want to know and pray for you. And it's really big that you do this because it's your first step in walking out that salvation. And, and walking it out is very, very important because it's, it's a journey. You're going to make a lot of mistakes, but God's right there to catch you when you fall. So don't stay down, get up. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.